Madam President. Thank you, Senator Ming. Any other senators? Senator Marsh, you have the floor. Thank you, uh, Madam President. Madam President, um, today I would like to um, talk about uh, this issue of the Ombudsman Report. And I start off by um, just sharing with you that when I go home at night, I watch the evening news. I also watch CNN sometimes. And they have a program um, called Keeping It Real. Keeping It Real, I think, with um, one of their anchormen. And today, I'm going to try to keep this real. Because I listened to the debate in the other place last week, which went on for many hours on the motion to adjourn, where there was a systematic and pointed effort to try and smear and um, cast aspersions on the minister. Marsha, I remind you of the standing orders about the, the way we are to debate not, not um, casting any aspersions on the other place. Thank you. So, okay, please keep that in mind. Right. Mad Madam President, I refer to comments from that other place where it was suggested that the minister has acted in a treasonous manner. So I don't use that term lightly, and I wouldn't use that term lightly in this House. But that was the nature of the debate and the commentary in that other place. So I am going to um, today um, refer to the Ombudsman Act, and uh, for those who would like to follow along, I have a copy. But here are some points arising from the Ombudsman, uh, Ob Ombudsman Act to keep it real for us all. Number one, the Ombudsman Act is a creature of statute. It was created in 2004 under the PLP government. It's their act. They know what's in it. They brought it to the House. They passed it. I look across the, the aisle in the um, other place at times, and I see that there's not one but two former attorneys general sitting in that House. It cannot be said that the opposition does not know exactly what is in this act. And this is what is in the act. Section 2 of the act, tells us that administrative action is a defined term. And what it means is any action taken by or on behalf of an authority in the exercise of, of its administrative function, and it includes decisions and acts of that authority. An authority is also a defined term, and it means a department or other body to which this act applies. Now, the Ombudsman's uh, powers are also set out very clearly in the Act, as is the application of the Act. In Section 3, we are told under the Act that the Act applies to the following authorities, government departments, public authorities, government boards, and other corporate entities which are um, creatures of the legislature or which are funded by the legislature. And the functions of the Ombudsman are also set out at Section 5. And those functions include, in relevant part, to investigate any administrative action of an authority for the purpose of deciding whether there is evidence of maladministration on the part of the authority. Now, just in case, Madam President, 
the ombudsman is unsure, unclear, has any questions as to whether she or he, as the case might be, has authority. Under Section 5, there is a specific provision which allows the ombudsman to go directly to the Supreme Court to get clarification. And this is what that section says. It says, if a question arises about the ombudsman's jurisdiction to investigate a case, the ombudsman or the complainant may apply to the court for an order declaratory of the ombudsman's jurisdiction. So there can be no issue. If the ombudsman is unclear, then she can get clarification from the Supreme Court, and I would say in short order. But there's also restrictions, Madam President, set out in the Ombudsman Act. And the restrictions are set out in paragraph 6. In relevant part, paragraph 6.3 is in the following terms. This act does not authorize the ombudsman to undertake any investigation that relates to any action or matter specified in the schedule. Those are plain words. We all understand them. If it's in the schedule, the ombudsman cannot investigate. So I turn to the schedule, and this is what the schedule says. And by the way, the schedule is also, uh, also has um, uh, a title, and it's called Actions Not Subject to Investigation, so that it's clear to anybody who's reading it. And this is one of the actions not subject to investigation. Paragraph 2, any administrative action taken by the cabinet or by a minister or a junior minister. Now, though that cannot be clearer. The ombudsman has no jurisdiction under this act to investigate under this act the administrative action taken by the cabinet or a minister of the government. Now, I heard the debate in another place. I heard the commentary made, and quite frankly, it was full of hot air. Member after member in that other place stood up, Madam President, and said all matter of things. But did they keep it real? No, they did not keep it real. It was all inflammatory, and to any ob objective bystander, it was organized to cast aspersions on the minister without just cause. So then I went back, Madam President, and I looked at the Ombudsman Act, it's, uh, the Ombudsman Report itself, to see exactly what was it that the Ombudsman said. So I'm going to also quote from this um, particular report. At page 30, um, which is where the discussion of this particular matter arises, this is what the Ombudsman says, that in December of 2013, a Bermudian professional lodged a complaint with our office against the department and the Minister of Home Affairs. We investigated her complaint for a failure to give reasons for a decision. Now, the Ombudsman is also a qualified attorney of many, many years standing. I have professional um, uh, uh, dealings with the Ombudsman. I have respect for the Ombudsman. But when the Ombudsman's office received a complaint relating to the minister, 
Clearly the ombudsman ought to have responded, we do not have jurisdiction to deal with a complaint against the administrative actions of a minister because under the, the um, schedule, it particularly says the administrative action of a cabinet, of the cabinet or of a minister are specifically actions not subject to investigation. That's number one. Number two was that the nature of the investigation being made is a complaint of, and I quote, a failure to give reasons for a decision. Well, then um, I looked, Madam President, at the Bermuda Immigration and Protection Act. Now, under this act, section 10.2, we have the following. It shall not be incumbent upon the governor, nor upon any member of the cabinet, nor upon any public officer to give reasons to any person or authority whatsoever for, such, for any such determination, decision, direction, or order, as is mentioned in subsection 1. And subsection 1 refers to the um, uh, actions of a minister and other parties, such as the governor and members of cabinet. So I reiterate, it shall not be incumbent upon the governor to give, or any other member of the cabinet, and the minister is a member of cabinet, to give reasons to any person or authority. So you have the ombudsman receiving a complaint that, that is against a minister. We know there's no jurisdiction to act there. And it is specifically relating to the failure to give reasons for a decision, which we know under the Immigration Act, the minister does not have to do. It shall not be incumbent on him to give any uh, reasons for the decision. This is a discretionary matter. Then I read on, and because I was quite frankly dumbfounded that Ms. Pierman would have missed this important aspect of what is or isn't her jurisdiction. And may I add, Madam Senator President... Senator get a little personal. Can you stick to the issue that you're discussing about calling people's names who are not here to defend themselves? Well, it, she, she is the ombudsman, um, uh, Madam President. Just say the ombudsman. I, I'm grateful. So, so we're looking at the ombudsman carrying on with an investigation into a matter that she has no jurisdiction to investigate and in a matter which is a discretionary um, decision of the minister which is not subject to being required to give reasons. And this is what she says. She says, we conducted inquiries into the professional complaint and made findings. On what basis? Madam President, there is a marked difference between inherent jurisdiction of a court, Supreme Court has that, Chief Justice has that, and the statutory jurisdiction of an appointed entity. The statutory jurisdiction, Madam President, has to be found within the four corners of the legislation. We cannot, as an appointed party, just do whatever we want. We cannot, as an appointed party, say, well, there's no jurisdiction, but I'm, gonna, I'm going to do it anyway. 
Now, did the ombudsman know that there is no jurisdiction? Yes, she knew that there was no jurisdiction. And I'll tell you why I say that. This is what she says in her report. She says the ombudsman is precluded from looking into ministers' administrative decisions, including the sources, bona fides, or adequacy of the information received from outside the department, and any reasons of the minister by virtue of Section 2 of the schedule of the Ombudsman's Act. She quotes it. She knows. She has no jurisdiction. And then she says, by Section 10.2 of the Immigration and Protection Act 1956, the minister is not required to provide reasons for decisions made under the statute. She is outside of her jurisdiction, and she knows that the decision of the minister is discretionary and that he does not have to give um, reasons for it. She goes on, and this is what she says on page 32. She says, developments in the law, although she doesn't tell us what development she's referring to, are such that giving reasons is now a requirement of natural justice. We cannot say whether a court would impose a duty to give reasons in this case in the face of express and unambiguous statutory language. If the ombudsman was in any way uncertain she would have applied to the court under the subsection 4 of section 5, which says if a question arises about the ombudsman's jurisdiction to investigate a case, the ombudsman or complainant may apply to the court for an order declaratory of the ombudsman's jurisdiction. If the ombudsman thought that there was some development in the current um, uh, law, common law or statutory law or constitutional law or otherwise that was sufficient to give her some argument to say, you know, I might have jurisdiction in this case, despite what the express and unambiguous statutory language said, she would have applied to the court for a declaration. Thank you, Senator Marshall. Your time is up. Any other senator wishes to